on what station can you hear talk shows, country music, Gaelic music, oldies, funk, and more? Why, it's the University of Central Missouri's The Beat, the best in college radio. gentlemen welcome back to taking the snap oh my goodness we have a lot to talk about this week first off we're going to recap the divisional round of the playoffs and see how your team's favored plus we're going to preview the championship round of the playoffs and grade each quarterback based on their performance this year that's all coming up on ucm the beat so first off let's recap the divisional round of the playoffs I'll tell you what happened. The Chiefs defeated the Jacksonville Jaguars 27-20. The Chiefs are back for the fifth straight year, hosting the AFC Championship game. Patrick Mahomes was injured late in the first quarter, but then Chad Henney led a 98-yard touchdown drive. We'll get to that in just a teeny tiny little bit. But Mahomes did get injured. He sprained, I guess, his left ankle. And, well, chaos ensued after that because he did not want to go to the locker room to get x-rayed and basically argued with Andy Reid trying to get back in the game. He said, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Well, you got to go get checked out because you're the star quarterback of this team. But he ended up coming back in the game and finishing it out. He passed for 195 yards and two touchdowns, did not throw any interceptions, and... We also did not turn the ball over, which was very, very impressive, if you ask me. The Jaguars, on the other hand, well, they kind of struggled. Let's go through the scoring plays. First quarter, three and out for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Chiefs get the ball. Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey. Who else? Eight yards out. Patrick Mahomes gets his first touchdown of the day. Harrison Bucker adds the extra point. That makes it 7 to nothing, Kansas City. Then Christian Kirk caught a 10-yard pass from Trevor Lawrence to add on a score. Riley Patterson added on the extra point. And then Mahomes got injured late in the first quarter. He finished the drive, but unfortunately, he had to come out of the game after that. Second quarter rolls around. Harrison Bucker nails a 50-yard field goal. Yeah, 50 yards. He did very well this year from 50 yards. Only missed a few. Then a touchdown pass from Chad Henney to Travis Kelsey. Now, Henney was in the game because, obviously, Mahomes was on the sidelines getting checked out. Ended up coming back in the second half. Riley Patterson then added a 27-yard field 41-yard field goal, excuse me, with 27 seconds left, 17-10 to 10 before the halftime. Third quarter rolls around. Not much scoring, I'm going to be honest. That, that third quarter was not very exciting. It was just defense after defensive play. Harrison Bucker nails a 50-yard field goal again, making it 20-10 to 10, Kansas City. Fourth quarter rolls around, and Chiefs fans, why can we never close out a game? Like, why does it always have to be so stressful at the end? Why can't we just have an easy fourth quarter? Travis Etienne runs it in from four yards out, making the score 20-17 to 17 after Riley Patterson once again nails an extra point. Then Mahomes gets the ball back and literally jumps in the air. I'm not, I'm not joking about this. Jumps in the air, completes it to Valdez Scantling in the back of the end zone, six yards out for the touchdown. Bucker adds on the extra point. And then Riley Patterson to finally close it out. Nailed a 48-yard field goal, 25 seconds. Chiefs get the onside kick recovery, and, well, they close the game out. Mahomes kneels it down, and the Chiefs move on to the AFC Championship game. The Eagles completely dominated the New York Giants. I can I thought that game was going to be closer than what it was, but it ended up being, get this, 38-7. to That game was not, really not even close from the opening snap. Dallas Goddard catches a 16-yard pass from Jalen Hurts in the first quarter with 10.06 to go. They got the ball first. 
Drove it into the end zone, 7 nothing Philly. Then Devontae Smith catches a nine-yard pass from Jalen Hurts, 14 to nothing. And finally, in the second quarter, Boston Scott, three yards out. Jason, Jake Elliott nailed a kick to add on the extra point, 21 to nothing. And then with 43 seconds left in the first half, Jalen Hurts ran it in from five yards out, 28 to nothing at halftime. You're thinking, all right, this game's over. Yeah, it was pretty much at that point. Third quarter rolls around. Touchdown, Giants. Hey, they're starting to get back into it. If only they can get a stop. But guess what? They choked it away. Jake Elliott nails a 30-yard field goal, 31-7 in the fourth quarter. And with 1.51 to go in the game, the all the Eagles needed was a first down. And they got more than that. They got a touchdown from Kenneth Gainwell. A 35-yard run. Jake Elliott added on the extra point. 38-7 was the final score. Let's go over the stats for this game. Jalen Hurts went 16 for 24, 154 yards and two touchdowns. Kenneth Gainwell led the team in rushing, 12 carries, 112 yards, one touchdown. And Devontae Smith finally led the team in receiving yards, six receptions, 61 yards and one touchdown. Let's go over the Giants stats just to make you Giants fans feel a little bit better. Daniel Jones did not perform all that well. 15 for 27, 135 yards, one interception. Saquon Barkley carried the ball nine times for 61 yards, no touchdowns, obviously. And Richie James led the team in receiving. It's usually Sterling Shepard or somebody else like that. But this time it was Richie James, seven receptions for 51 yards, obviously no touchdowns. Because Matt Breida decided to play hero, and he tried to, he tried to get the Giants back into it, but no, 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 not in the Eagles' house. Eagles move on to the NFC Championship game for the first time since their Super Bowl run in the 2017 season. Now this game was not even close from the opening snap. As I said earlier, the Eagles looked locked in from the opening, from the opening play. Let's move on to the AFC. Now, the Bengals defeated the Buffalo Bills, which I was very shocked about, 27-10. to And, guys, this was another game that was not even close from the opening snap. Okay, Joe Burrow is absolutely incredible. There's no other way to describe him. Let's start off with the first quarter. Jamar Chase, 28 yards from Joe Burrow. I'm not surprised with that one because here's the thing. Fun fact... Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, if you guys did not know this, went to the same college. They went. They both went to LSU. They both very well succeeded. Then with 30-47 to go in the first quarter, Hayden Hurst catches a 15-yard pass from Joe Burrow. Evan McPherson, one of, the, one of the greatest kickers, in my opinion, in the NFL, added on the extra point, 14 to nothing at the end of one quarter. Second quarter rolls around. Josh Allen, he starts to heat up a little bit. He started out this game very slow, but he did. He ran it in from one yard out. Tyler Bass added on the X point, 14 to 7. You're thinking, all right, okay, they're starting to come back a little bit. If only the defense can show up. And guess what? The defense did not show up at all. Evan McPherson added on a 28-yard field goal before halftime, 17 to 7 at the halftime. And you're thinking, all right, this game's over. Come on. Third quarter rolls around. Bills get the ball first. They drive down the field, get a 25-yard field goal from Tyler Bass. And that was their only points in the second half. They're on. 17-10 Bengals. Joe Mixon then runs it in from one yard out with 117 to go, 24-10. And this game's over at this point. And to add more insult to injury, Evan McPherson added on a 20-yard field goal, 27-10. That is your final score. Now, let's go over the stats for this game. Joe Burrow, 23 for 36, 242 yards and two touchdowns. Jamar Chase obviously led the team in receiving yards. Five receptions, 61 yards and one touchdown. Joe Mixon 
led the team in rushing 20 carries, 105 yards, and one touchdown. Now let's go over the Bills stats. And Bills fans, I'm sorry to say this, but you're not going anywhere. Josh Allen was 25 for 42, okay? He threw the ball 42 times. 265 yards and one interception. He didn't even he didn't even pass for a touchdown, which I was very shocked about. Josh Allen also led the team in in rushing yards, eight carries for 26 yards and one touchdown. And I guess I'll count the quarterback sneak as a rush. Dawson Knox led the team in receiving five yards, five receptions for a whopping 65 yards. Bills fans, I'm sorry to say this, but you're just not that good, okay? Your defense is not the best. Bengals had 30 first downs, okay? When you give up 30 first downs in a game, nine times out of ten, guess what? Bye-bye, you're going home. Well, to be fair, Buffalo didn't have to go that far because they were already home. The Bills only got 18 first downs. There were 4 for 12 on 3rd down, 2 for 3 on 4th down, though, which is progress. Bengals were 6 for 10 on 3rd down. They averaged 5.8 yards per play. 2 penalties for 9 yards for the Bengals. 8 penalties for 60 yards for the Bills. And 1 turnover, and the Bengals completely dominated the time of possession having the ball for 33 minutes and 54 seconds. Now let's recap the last game of the ASC of the NFC Divisional. The Cowboys and the 49ers and the 49ers absolutely dominated the Dallas Cowboys from the opening snap. The defense did very well. Let's go over the scoring plays. First quarter only 3 points by Robbie Gold to add on 3 nothing, with 2.12 to go in the first quarter. 26 yards, easy, chip shot. Second quarter rolls around. Dak Prescott throws a four-yard touchdown pass to Dalton Schultz, who once again caught a touchdown. But Brett Maher decided to pull a Lynn Elliott and say, oh, hey, I'm going to miss the extra point. Ha ha. And that's exactly what he did. From that moment on, the 49ers absolutely dominated the Cowboys' offense. With 3.43 to go in the first half, Robbie Gold adds on a 47-yard field goal. He's still perfect in the postseason. I'm not going to jinx it, but I think I just did. Robbie Gold then adds on a 50-yard field goal at the end of the half. To add insult to injury, 9-6, San Francisco at halftime. Cowboys get the ball first to start the second half. They drive down the field, get a 25-yard field goal. It's 9-9, and at this point, oh, Red Maher actually made a field goal. Wow, he can kick? That's shocking. Fourth quarter rolls around, and Christian McCaffrey, one of the greatest running backs in this league, ran it in from two yards out. Robbie Gold added on the extra point. Brett Maher then kicked a 43-yard field goal with 11.03 to go in the game. And you're thinking, okay, San Francisco has to get a stop. And that's what they did. They got the ball back. And Robbie Gold added on a 28-yard field goal to add insult to injury. At the end of the game, 3.04 left, 28 yards out. And that's your final score. I don't even know what the last play was. I think it was... He was trying to lateral it, but unfortunately, he got tackled before he could even get in open space. And Cowboys fans, I'm sorry, but you're never going to win a championship with Dak Prescott, okay? You have a better chance of winning a championship with Mahomes than anything else. Dak, let's go over the stats for this game. Dak Prescott, 23 for 37, 206 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. Ezekiel Elliott led the team in rushing, and the 49ers' rush defense did very well, limiting him to 10 carries for a whopping 26 yards. What the heck happened, dude? I thought you were the best, one of the best running backs in the league, but apparently not. 
CeeDee Lamb then caught 10 receptions for 117 yards. No touchdowns because Dak Prescott's one touchdown was his favorite target of all, Dalton Schultz, who is a very talented tight end. Let's go over the 49ers stats and Mr. Irrelevant, or as I like to call him now, Mr. Relevant, Brock Purdy, 19 for 29 for 214 yards. Elijah Mitchell actually led the team in rushing yards. 14 carries for 51 yards. And finally, receiving yards, George Kittle, who I think is the second best tight end in the NFL. Travis Kelsey is obviously the best. Five receptions for 95 yards. Now, George Kittle, once again, in my opinion, one of the best in there. One of the best tight ends in the NFL. It's not even close. So let's talk about what's next for some of these free agents that are coming up. Let's go over the quarterbacks, though. The quarterback, I think, is the most important position. We'll get that here in just a little bit. Tom Brady is the first one on our list. I really think Tom Brady should retire. I don't think he should even be on a football team next year. I mean, if you look at his stance this year, he didn't perform all that well. It was kind of a down year for him. But... I don't think he's going to go anywhere, unfortunately. He might go to Las Vegas. I hope he does not because I do not want to face him in the AFC, especially in the AFC West with all those talented wide receivers. Let's move on. Baker Mayfield is up next on our list. I don't even know what the Rams are going to do with Baker Mayfield, to be honest. They might keep him because he, he performed somewhat solid for him. I mean, not too bad, but it, he was not the best this year. Sam Darnold is next. I think they're going to keep him. I think the Carolina Panthers are going to keep him because P.J. Walker, now he is a solid backup quarterback. The backup quarterbacks do not exactly lead the team. Jimmy Garoppolo, I think the 49ers are going to move on from him. I think Jimmy G's probably going to go back to New England. That's my that's my best theory. Teddy Bridgewater's up next. I don't... I think he's going to move on and try to... He's going to try to make an NFL comeback. But he's going to fall short once again. Miami's going to move on from him. He might go back to Carolina, but we'll see what happens. Daniel Jones. He's only 25 years old, so the Giants are most likely going to sign him to a long-term contract. The rest of these are backup quarterbacks. Case Keenum, retire. Mason Rudolph, you're probably going to stay in Pittsburgh, let's be honest. Jacoby Brissett, he's 30 years old. I think he's most likely going to retire. Geno Smith is 32 years old. He's probably going to stay there because he led them. He led the Seattle Seahawks to the playoffs. Joe Flacco, he's going to retire. He's 38 years old. Mike White, you're gone. You're going to be the new starting quarterback because Zach Wilson clearly cannot lead this team. Lamar Jackson, that's the biggest one, I think, that we're going to have to keep an eye on throughout the offseason is what the Baltimore Ravens are going to do with Lamar Jackson. I personally think they're going to try to sign him to an extension, but you never know at this point. I mean... Chad Henney, you're going to retire. Chase Daniel, you're going to retire. Cooper Rush, he's probably going to stay in Dallas. Now, keep in mind, these are backup quarterbacks right now. Bryce Perkins, he's going to stay with the Rams. Shane Bichelle is going to stay with the Chiefs. All right, guys, that's enough free agents. Let's take a quick, tiny, tiny break. When we come back, I'll be talking about teams who did not make the playoffs what each team needs in the offseason. Plus, I'll share some shocking news about Stephon Diggs, what he did after the game, and why the Bills will never win a championship with Josh Allen. That's all coming up. You're listening to Taking the Snap on UCM The Beat. Did you know that it costs $0 to make someone smile? 
A simple act of kindness can go a long way. You may walk past tons of people a day, not even knowing their story. Someone could probably be having one of the worst days, but a simple compliment on their outfit or even helping them out with a small task can change a bad day to a good one. No matter what, always try to give your neighbor a reason to smile. Tobacco use affects youths all across the United States. Millions of youth are at risk for disease and even death due to tobacco use. Talk to your kids about tobacco use and how it can affect their lungs. Help keep the future of this nation safe from tobacco-related illnesses. According to a study by IBM, 95% of all cybersecurity breaches result from human error. That adds up to about $3.13 million of loss in 2020 alone, and accounts for acts like downloading infected files or software and storing weak passwords in easy-to-find places. When everything is online, you can't afford to not be. Protect yourself and others online. Learn more and how at CISA.gov. Hey, Dr. Phil here. I help people solve difficult and trying personal problems every day on my TV show, but there's one problem that's just got me stumped, childhood hunger. Nearly 16 million children in America struggle with it. That's one in five kids who may not know where their next meal is coming from, despite the fact that there's more than enough healthy, nutritious food out there to feed them all. Now, I don't know about you, but that is unacceptable to me. Luckily, the Feeding America network of good people is out there collecting surplus food and giving hope to hungry children and their families at local food banks all across the country. But let's face it, they can't do it without your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. Blood drives are a significant event. 4.5 million people need a transfusion each year. One out of seven people entering a hospital need blood. And only 37% of the United States population is eligible to donate blood. It only takes about an hour to save a life. Even one pint of blood can save up to three people's lives. So, if you want to help, please visit redcrossblood.org to set up an appointment today. You are now turned into the dopest college radio station. UCM the beat. Keep it locked. U C M the beat. All right, guys. Welcome back to taking the snap. Let's talk about what each team needs in the offseason. First off, I'm going to be going over the teams that did not even make the playoffs. Now, it was quite a few, to be honest. The Chicago Bears, to be honest, they need offensive line help. They need they need it desperately. Defensively, they also need help because they finished this season 3-14. and 14. That's a 176 winning percentage. They lost 10 in a row to end the season. Let's move on to the Houston Texans. What do the Houston Texans need? Oh, I know what they need. Guess what? They need a quarterback. And guess who's available? Mr. Bryce Young. He's going to go to the Houston Texans. That's my offseason pick. The Texans need a little bit of everything at this point. I mean, let's be honest. They're not going to go anywhere. They need a head coach. They need a quarterback. Wide receivers, they already have a good running back, Damian Harris. They need a tight end. They need a lot of defensive help. And let's be honest, they're like I said, they're not going to go anywhere. Arizona Cardinals, they need a head coach. They already have a great wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins. They also have Marquise Brown, who, if you did not know, used to be Lamar Jackson's teammate. But... I really don't think that the Cardinals are going to do much of anything in the offseason. They might draft a few stud defensive players, but it's not likely. They finished the year on a seven-game losing streak at 4-13. and 13. 
Let's move on to the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, what do they need? That is a good question. Well, guess what? They need a quarterback. C.J. Stroud is also declaring for the NFL draft, so he's available. But something tells me that they're going to stick with either Sam Ellinger or a washed-up veteran who is not exactly in their prime. They're just trying to get some money. They also need a head coach. Now, there is a vacancy. Fifth pick in the draft, as of right now, is the Seattle Seahawks. And they get two picks in the first round because, remember, they traded Russell Wilson. They traded Russell Wilson away to Denver. And, well, that trade did not end up well. The Seahawks need a lot of help on defense, I think. Now, they did finish off the year. They did finish off the year pretty good. They went 9-8. Not a shabby season. But still, I mean, they won two in a row. They were 9-8. That's over a 500 record. That's a, anything over 500 these days is very, very good. But Seattle gets the 5th and the 20th pick in the NFL draft. The Detroit Lions get the next pick, and... I really don't think they need much of anything other than defense, okay? They need a solid defensive coordinator, someone who knows what the heck they're doing, not someone that's like, oh, hey, I'm going to try to change this year. They do not need a head coach. Dan Campbell has proved that, well, you know, he's proved that he's actually not a bad head coach. He was the right choice for them. Because he led them to a 98 record, a 529 winning percentage. They won two in a row to end the year. Now, if it wasn't for their loss to the Carolina Panthers, they would have made the playoffs, okay? But unfortunately, they decided to choke it away. And as of right now, the Lions get the 20th, excuse me, the 6th pick in the NFL draft, plus the 18th pick. Las Vegas Raiders, what do they need? This is a tough question because they need a lot of help everywhere. Mostly on defense. Offense, they don't need anybody. They have Darren Waller. Mac Hollins. They have also have a solid quarterback, Jared Stidham. Now, is he going to be the starter? I really don't think so. So, they need a quarterback as well. They don't need any wide receiver help. Devontae Adams is still there. Raiders, please trade him away so he doesn't waste his career. Thank you. Moving on to the next team. It is the Atlanta Falcons. I don't honestly know what the Falcons need at this point. They have not been a solid contender ever since their Super Bowl run in 2016. Okay? They've sucked ever since. Now, they did finish the year 7-10. Went 1-2 in a row. But... When you finish the year 7-10, and 10, which pretty much everyone in the NFC South did, except for, of course, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who finished 8-9, but we'll get to them just a teeny tiny bit. Moving on, the Carolina Panthers. I'm really not sure what they need. They need a quarterback. They need defense. They need a solid running back. They need wide receivers. They need everything, Okay. Philadelphia Eagles get the 10th pick in the draft as well as the 32nd pick in the draft. But I think, I don't think Philly needs anything. They're a very solid team. Now, the reason why Philly gets the 10th pick is because they traded, they traded with New Orleans. And now New Orleans does not have a first round pick. Let's move on to the Tennessee Titans, and I, I'm embarrassed by the Titans this year, okay? They played absolutely horrible. Mike Rabel, what were you thinking? You finished the year 7-10, you started 7-3, and, and you lost 7 in a row. Really? How dare you? Seriously. You don't need a running back. Derrick Henry's already solid enough. Malik Willis needs 
some help at the wide receiver position. Now, Mike Vrabel, please, I'm begging you, please stop running the ball on every single play. Teams are going to catch on at any point, and eventually you're going to lose your job. 12th pick in the draft, Houston Texans once again because they traded away. They traded with Cleveland to get the 12th pick in the draft. They finished the year 7-10. and 10. I, like I said earlier, the Houston Texans, they need a lot of help. They need every single thing. They need a head coach. Lovey Smith, clearly he's not it. Now, if you want my opinion on Lovey Smith, I'll give it to you. I think, well, I think the Texans were intentionally trying to tank so that they would get the number one pick and draft Bryce Young. But when that did not happen, they said, get out, you're gone. New York Jets, they need a quarterback desperately. They started the year, they started the year 7-4. Now, I was very shocked by this, but unfortunately, they lost six in a row after that. Ending the year at 7-10, and 10, the Jets need a quarterback. They need defense. Sauce Gardner cannot carry this team by himself. They need wide receivers. They already have a solid running back. They need a quarterback. And quite possibly, they need a tight end. Yeah, they need a tight end for sure. New England Patriots, they finished the year at 8-9. and nine. Not a shabby record. Now, you did not make the playoffs, unfortunately, Bill Belichick. I don't know how you didn't. When all you had to do was win in Buffalo to get into the playoffs. And unfortunately... Naheem Hines decided to be the GOAT of all kickoff returners. But try again next year. And I think the Patriots, they need a quarterback because Mac Jones is not the answer. Okay, Bill. They need wide receiver help, and they need a new offensive coordinator. Matt Patricia is awful as a coordinator. All he does is run, run, screen. That's all he does. Green Bay Packers, assuming Aaron Rodgers is not signed with you back, you need a quarterback. You do not need any wide receiver help. You already got that with Christian Watson, who was very incredible this year. I was very impressed with the rookie performance by him. Washington Commanders get the 16th pick, finished 8-8-1 at 500. They ended the year on a winning streak of one. Now, I know a winning streak is not one game, okay? I know, don't bash me for saying that a winning streak is one, but the Washington Commanders, they need defensive help for sure. Secondary, most, mostly secondary, because their, their secondary is not that good. Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm going to be honest, you need offensive line help. You're not going to get anywhere if Kenny Pickett does not get some protection, okay? You have to be able to protect the quarterback in this NFL world because defenses are solid these days. I already talked about with the Lions. They, they get the 18th pick. The 19th pick in the draft as of right now is, drumroll please, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, they don't need any wide receiver help. They already have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Julio Jones. They have some solid wide receivers. They need a quarterback, okay? They need a quarterback. They do not need any defensive help. Their defense was very, very solid this year. Moving on the Seattle Seahawks, I've already talked about this. Miami, unfortunately, forfeited their uh, draft pick, but... I'm going to be honest, the Miami Dolphins, they need offensive line help as well because two attack of Iloa keeps getting concussions. You cannot allow your quarterback to get concussions in this NFL because that is going to end your career very, very quickly. The Los Angeles Chargers, let's be honest, they need a new offensive coordinator. They need a new head coach. Brandon Staley clearly is not the answer. Yet they still have not fired him. They only fired their offensive coordinator, who is Joe Lombardi, who is related to Vince Lombardi, named after the Lombardi Trophy. 
Next up, the Baltimore Ravens. Assuming Lamar Jackson does not sign, you need quarterback help. At now, Tyler Huntley might be the answer, but Marcus Peters is most likely going to be done in Baltimore after this year, so you're going to need some defensive help because Marcus Peters was the light, was the spark that this defense needed. Unfortunately, they finished the year with a two-game losing streak. Minnesota Vikings, they need a defensive coordinator who knows what the heck they're doing, who doesn't get their heads stuck somewhere. They need defensive help for sure. They need a pass rusher. They need a safety. They pretty much need everyone on defense at this point. Their offense is absolutely incredible. K.J. Osborne, Adam Thielen, T.J. Hawkinson. Kirk Cousins, okay. He's kind of mid, in my opinion. But they did finish the year 13-4, and they have one of the best wide receivers in the NFL, Justin Jefferson. Yes, you heard it here on Taking the Snap. Justin Jefferson is one of the best wide receivers in this NFL, and it's not even close. Jacksonville Jaguars, you need defensive help for sure. Now, what do you need on defense? Well, you pretty much need everything. Now, I understand that, you know, your defense started out very solid, but you started the year at you started the year at three and seven, and then you went on to win five in a row. Six in a row, if you include the the wild card round, which I do not personally include that, but they won five in a row to end the year. The New York Giants, what do they need? Assuming Daniel Jones once again does not sign with the team, they need quarterback help. They also need an offensive line because Saquon Barkley cannot carry this team on his back. They need defensive help as well. The Dallas Cowboys, I think they need quarterback help. They need a new owner because Jerry Jones is not the answer. Now, he has led them to the playoffs, but Dak Prescott is not the answer. Jerry Jones, please listen to me. Dak Prescott is not the answer, okay? He's just not. He sucks. He's overrated, and he is not going to take this team anywhere. Buffalo Bills are next, and they need defensive help for sure. I'm sure most of you saw the divisional round. They had a very hard time covering Jamar Chase, one of the best wide receivers in today's NFL. But, I mean, something tells me that they're going to get more offensive help. Newsflash, you don't need offensive help. You need defense. Until Jamar Hamlin can come back in the facility and actually exercise with the team, you need help. The Cincinnati Bengals are next. And I'm not sure what the Bengals need. I mean, they don't really need anything. They're a very solid team. But still... I think they need some help somewhere. They need they need help on defense because they're getting too cocky, but we'll talk about that just a teeny tiny bit. Denver Broncos get the 30th pick, and I already mentioned them, so I'm going to skip over them. I already mentioned the Eagles as well, and now let's move on to the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm actually not sure what they need. I cannot think of anything that the Chiefs need. They don't really need any help. Maybe in the secondary they need help. Maybe on the offensive line they need help because Orlando Brown, one of the worst tackles in the NFL. Andrew Wiley, shout out to my family because I'm pretty sure they're listening right now. Andrew Wiley is one of the worst guards in the entire league. He's one of the worst offensive linemen in the entire league. He cannot block anybody to save his life, okay? All right, guys, let's take another teeny tiny break when we come back i'll be talking about the quarterback position go over to the stats and talk about josh allen and stefan diggs after the after that whole fiasco with losing to the cincinnati Bengals. keep locking right here you're listening to taking the snap
Only on UCM, the beat. In 2020, men died by suicide 3.88 times more than women. That number is way too high. That's why the National Suicide Prevention Hotline is available to all men. Call 988 if you are struggling. You're not alone. There is help. Music is a bridge between the material and the spiritual. My name is Harvey Lauer, and I'm 82. As a blind person, you have to be aware that nobody can tell you what you can or can't do. You really have to try things. My folks got me a little radio in 1940, and that was the best Christmas present I ever got. When I was 11 years old is when I started to uh, play music, play the piano, and then the accordion, and then the cello. My wife, who was also blind, was a good cook. When she died, that's when I started Meals on Wheels. America, let's do lunch. One in six seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council. One in nine people worldwide go to bed hungry each night. That's why UCM students and faculty are encouraged to visit the UCM Campus Cupboard. Campus Cupboard is a volunteer-based charity dedicated to alleviating hunger and financial burdens in the UCM community. Any UCM faculty, staff member, or student who presents a valid ID may select 10 items per week from Campus Cupboard. Campus Cupboard is located in the lower level of the UCM Student Rec and Wellness Center and is open Tuesday through Thursday from 3 to 5.30 p.m. UCM The Beat, the one and only radio station of the University of Central Missouri. All right, guys, welcome back to Second the Snap. Let's go over the quarterback stats from this season. Patrick Mahomes led the, led the entire NFL in passing yards, passing touchdowns. He threw the least interceptions. Scratch that. Patrick Mahomes this year, 5,250 yards, 41 touchdowns, and 12 interceptions. Justin Herbert was second in the league in passing yards. Growing for 4,739 yards, 25 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. Anything under 30 touchdowns is not a solid season, but it's still pretty good. Tom Brady still, he's still incredible at age 45, I'll be honest. As much as I hate to admit it, he's still incredible. Let's see his stats for this season. This year... He had 4,694 passing yards, 25 touchdowns to 9 interceptions. Kirk Cousins also was 4th in the league in passing yards, 4,547. 29 touchdowns to 14 interceptions. Now, most of those were not his fault. Most of those were tipped passes, but tipped passes still count as interceptions, unfortunately. Joe Burrow had another great year. 4,475 yards, 35 touchdowns to 12 interceptions. Jared Goff had a solid year for the Lions. 4,438 yards, 29 touchdowns to 7 interceptions. Oh, good old Josh Allen. He was 6th in the league in passing yards. Josh Allen had 4,283 passing yards, 35 touchdowns, but... He turned the ball over way too many times. He had 14 interceptions and four fumbles, totaling 18 turnovers. That was the most in the NFL this year. He needs to fix He needs to fix the turnovers, okay? So you hear me, Josh Allen? You need to fix the turnovers because, buddy, you're not going to win a championship in Buffalo if you throw interceptions like that. He's also very aggressive with the ball, but we'll get that in a teeny tiny bit. Geno Smith made the top 10 in passing yards. 4,282 yards, 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. A pretty solid year from Geno Smith. Trevor Lawrence had a very solid sophomore season. 25 touchdowns, 8 interceptions, throwing for 4,113 yards. Jalen Hurts had another solid year. 
3,701 yards, 22 touchdowns to six interceptions. That's not a bad year, but it's not as good as Patrick Mahomes, but that's just me. Tua Tagovailoa had 3,548 passing yards, 25 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Now, he was injured for most of the year because he kept getting concussions. And you cannot survive in this league if you get concussions. Aaron Rodgers also made the top 20. 3,695 yards, 26 touchdowns for 12 interceptions. Now, that wasn't really his fault. That was the receiver's fault because they didn't really know that much about him going into the season. So I can see why he struggled a little bit, but he's still Aaron Rodgers. He should have at least tried. Derek Carr... Threw for 3,522 yards, 24 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. That's way too many for Derek Carr. He needs to be gone. I think he is going to be gone after the offseason. The Raiders are not going to pay him at all. Russell Wilson got sacked way too many times this year. He got sacked, get this, a whopping 55 times. He threw for 3,524 yards. 16 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. Are you kidding me? Those are horrible stats. Russell, what happened, dude? Oh, wait, I know. You're cooked. You're washed. Get out of this league. Next up, Daniel Jones, 3,205 yards, 15 touchdowns to five interceptions. Now, the reason for that is because they, the Giants, ran the ball most of the time. And I think he should get out of there if he even wants to attempt to be an elite quarterback. According to Saquon Barkley, he is, but nope. He proved it this weekend. He is not an elite quarterback. Good old Davis Mills threw for 3,118 yards. Not a bad season for passing yards. 17 touchdowns of 15 interceptions. He's done. I'm going to let him go if I'm if I'm the Texans, I'm letting him go. Mac Jones threw for under 3,000 yards. Matt Ryan threw for 3,057 yards, 14 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Now let's get to the quarterbacks who threw for under 3,000 yards, which was quite a bit. Zach Wilson is on this list because why not? Andy Dalton threw for 2,871 yards, 18 touchdowns to nine interceptions. Oh, my. The Saints need quarterback help. I forgot to mention that. The Saints need quarterback help. Mac Jones, 2,997 yards, 14 touchdowns to 11 interceptions. Dak Prescott, yikes. You had a horrible season. Get this, guys. 2,860 passing yards, 23 touchdowns, and 15 interceptions. Anytime you were in the teens with interceptions, you just plain suck, okay? Now, Jacoby Brissett, 2,608 yards, 12 touchdowns, and 6 interceptions. Now, the only reason that was lower is because I'm sad to say, but Deshaun Watson came back mid-season, and I still, in my opinion, he does not belong anywhere on an NFL field. Not after what he did, but I'm not going to discuss that. I'm going to discuss Ryan Tannehill. 2,536 yards. He threw for 13 touchdowns and six interceptions. A whopping 13 touchdowns. Yikes. Now, to be fair, the Tennessee Titans, all they do is practice handing the ball off in practice. They just practice handing the ball off to Dale Kennedy because that's all they do. They just run. Jimmy Garoppolo threw for 2,437 yards, 16 touchdowns, and four interceptions. Now, that's not a bad season. But remember, he did get injured, and Brock Purdy took over as the third-string quarterback, and he's done phenomenal. Kenny Pickett threw for 2,404 yards, 
Seven touchdowns to nine interceptions. That's a little bit too low for touchdowns, in my opinion. He's not going to be a rookie of the year. I think it's going to be Sauce Gardner that's going to be rookie of the year, but we'll get to those awards in just a teeny little bit. Kyler Murray. Oh, good old Kyler Murray before his torn ACL. He threw for 2,368 yards, 14 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. 14 touchdowns is terrible. That's a horrible season for Kyler Murray. Now, I know he was injured. Let's grade each quarterback. Let's start off with Patrick Mahomes. He gets an A because we did not expect him to do well this year without Tyreek Hill, and he proved us all wrong. 8.1 yards per attempt. Not too bad. Justin Herbert, you get a B. Tom Brady, I'm going to give you... I'll give you a C. Okay, a high C. Now, the reason for that, not that many touchdowns. Kirk Cousins, I'm going to give you an A for effort. Joe Burrow, you get an A. Jared Goff, I'll give Jared Goff a B. Josh Allen, you get a B for too many turnovers. Geno Smith, you get an A for effort because you led a team without Russell Wilson to the playoffs. Very, very impressive season. Trevor Lawrence, you get an A. You're going to be, you're, he's going to be a stud in the NFL. Jalen Hurts gets an A. Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to give him a C. Tua Tagovailoa, I'll give you an A for effort because before his injury, he was playing very, very solid. Russell Wilson, flat F. I... Russell Wilson pretty much sucked the entire year. He was even getting booed at home. How do you get booed at home? Seriously. Daniel Jones, I'm going to give you a B for effort. Derek Carr, you get a flat F because you basically gave up on the team. Matt Ryan, you get a you get a C. Matt Jones, you get a D. Andy Dalton. I'll give Andy Dalton an A for effort. Dak Prescott, C, for sure. Jacoby Brissett, A for effort. Ryan Tannehill, solid B. Jimmy Garoppolo, I'll give him an A. But I'm going to give the A also to Brock Purdy because he's done very well, as I said. Kenny Pickett, I'll give you an A for effort. You still have a lot to learn, kid, but you're going to be a very talented quarterback for years to come. Kyler Murray, you got a flat F because you obviously did not care about the team. Let's talk about what Stephon Diggs did, and then we'll go into another break. Stephon Diggs, before anybody else got into the locker room, left the stadium. Duke Johnson, the running back, basically had to... Bring him back in because he was out in the parking lot. That's just poor sportsmanship. And he actually tweeted out something that said, you want me to be okay with losing? Nah. You want me to be okay with not having a standard? Nah. Now, Sean McDermott did say that he and Stefan Diggs did talk, and he'll leave it at that, which leads me to believe that Stefan Diggs is going to be gone from the Bills this season. Josh Allen... I don't even know what to say about him. They will never win a championship with Josh Allen if he cannot fix the turnovers. If he can fix the turnovers, limit the interceptions, limit the number of mistakes he makes, they're going to be a solid team, but as long as Patrick Mahomes is in this league, they're not going anywhere. All right, guys, let's take one more. We're, we're going to step away for just a few minutes coming up. I will talk about the two championship games and who I think will win. Keep it locked in right here. You're listening to Taking the Snap on UCM The Beat. Did you know that millions of animals are either abused or abandoned every year in the United States? Donate to your local animal shelter today. And if you have room in your home, why not adopt a furry little friend to add to your family? Be a part of the change. Be a part of saving a helpless animal's life. everybody, Rachel Ray here. Nothing puts a bigger smile on my face than cooking up a big meal for family and friends. But there's not enough room at my table for the 17 million kids in America who are struggling with hunger. 
These children, that's one out of every five, often have to skip meals because there's just nothing to eat in the kitchen. Yet there's more than enough healthy, nutritious food produced right here in America to feed every last hungry child. If only there was a way to get it to them. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks collects surplus food to give hope to hungry kids and their families all across our country. But they can't do it without your help. Join me in supporting Feeding America at your local food bank and at feedingamerica.org. Together, we can solve hunger. Together, we're Feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council. Hey America, we need to have a little talk. I don't know if you've noticed, but we got a lot of food in this country. A lot of peaches, a lot of corn, a lot of apples, a lot of everything. We've got so much food that we can't even eat it all. So if we got all this extra food, how are 17 million kids in America struggling with hunger? I just don't get it. That's why the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks gathers surplus food and gets it to the hungry kids who need it. They can get you food even if you live in Idaho or Alaska or somewhere crazy like that. This isn't complicated. We got extra food and we got hungry kids. Feeding America's done the math. Now it's your turn. Support Feeding America and your local food bank at feedingamerica.org. I know you got internet on your phone, so what are you waiting for? We can't do it without your help. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. All right, everybody in the car, let's go. What are we going to do first when we get there, Mom? Go for a hike? Sure. What about canoeing? Can we go canoeing, too? I don't see why. How long does it take to get to the forest? It's not that far, sweetie. <sighs> are we there yet? Yep, we're here. Already? It's a short drive from your neighborhood to your naturehood. Visit discovertheforest.org to find a neighborhood park or green space near you. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the U.S. Forest Service. time in the making but it's finally here you see him the beat welcome back to taking the snap let's talk about the afc championship first the cincinnati Bengals going up against the kansas city chiefs i as a chiefs fan obviously i want the chiefs to win but it's going to be very tough because Patrick Mahomes is not exactly 100%. Now, Andy Reid did say yesterday that it was not as that his ankle injury was not as bad as the one he suffered in 2019, which was also against the Jaguars. And he came back and threw for 443 yards and four touchdowns in that game after the ankle injury. Now, that was against the Raiders. And the Raiders, let's be honest, they've sucked for a long time. But I'm going to take the Kansas City Chiefs in a very, very close one because here's the thing. It is very, very tough to beat a team four times in a row. And plus, the Chiefs are at home and we don't have a ter- and they don't have exactly a terrible ref. Let's move on to the NFC Championship game. The 49ers going up against the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm going to take the Eagles. I think it's going to be a Chiefs and Eagles Super Bowl. I think that's what the NFL wants to see. But, I mean, it could really go either way. It's a bit of a toss-up because both offense and defense are playing very well at this point. The Eagles offense looked absolutely unstoppable, and the 49ers defense has looked unstoppable this entire postseason. Let's talk about the overconfidence of the Cincinnati Bengals, they're way too confident right now. They refer to Arrowhead Stadium as Burrowhead. That's very insulting. If you're a Chiefs fan and you're hearing this, that's very insulting to us. We need to step up and show the Bengals that this is our turf. This is not theirs, and they do not own us. Also, Patrick Mahomes is not going to exactly be 100%, but... Like in the Karate Kid, he's going to go out there and he's going to fight. And he's going to try to take down Joe Burrow for a second. He's going to at least attempt to take down Joe Burrow. Now that's going to be very tough because Joe Burrow is a very good quarterback, but 
I think he can do it. Thanks for tuning into this episode of Taking the Snap. I am your host, Colin Summer. Tune in next week for another episode of Taking the Snap, where I'll be talking about the Pro Bowl games. Yes, that is a thing now. Again, that's next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Have a great week, everyone, and go Chiefs! <laughs>